The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast, where we do the most and the least at the same damn time. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Hope y'all are doing fantastic. Hope you're having a great week. I'm very excited to get into our interview today. You know, it's rare when I have guests because everyone's insufferable to me, but I am so thrilled to have an incredible comedian, actress, just all around badass in the studio today. In fact, I was so excited when I did this interview that I never recorded an intro. So here I am recording an intro for the iconic Angela Johnson Reyes. She's an actress, a comedian, and I am so glad that our paths crossed in the comedy world. I've been a fan of hers for years, and she's a new mom. She is a bad bitch, just taking over the world in comedy one step at a time, and she's got some great advice for anybody in business, any women in business, and honestly just breaks down what it's like to make it in the biz. You know, I always love picking brains of people who are far wiser than I am. So this is an absolute yes episode. I am thrilled and honored to have the incredible Angela Johnson Reyes. Please welcome to the podcast. Y'all, I'm here with Angela. Angela, I love you. Okay. I really do. I have been a fan of yours forever. And then we met a couple years ago at the Netflix is a joke festival, Uh like two years ago. And I was the rookie. I didn't know anybody in the room. And when I saw that you were on the roster, I freaked the fuck out. No way. No, I did. You don't understand. I've been a fan of yours since Mad TV. I adore you. Like you don't understand. I am such a fan and I'm not trying to like, you know, make it weird um, or creepy right now, but (laughs) you were so kind too. You were so Mm. kind when I met you and, and I just love supporting great people in the biz. And so I'm rooting for you, but off camera, we were just talking about, you know, the specials of it all. And we were talking about our audiences. Yeah. And I asked, I said, is your audience predominantly more female? And you said, yes. Yeah. But you're seeing more guys come to your shows. Yeah. I'm very excited about it because it used to be either, you know, the woman made her husband come with her. Yep. Or the gay guys. And yeah. that's it. That's all who would be at my show. And it was just all women, a sea of women, which I loved. And then now I'm seeing more and more men. Like this last weekend, I did a comedy club in Oxnard. And that was like a lot of men in the audience. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll get a little nervous because I'm like, oh, are they not going to have fun? I start getting in my head like, oh, yeah. they're not going to enjoy it. Are they just going to be like... Blah, whatever, but then you see them and they're just like cracking up and having a good time. Because funny is funny. It. Yeah. I used to get in my mind about that too, where I was like, okay, I know that I built the audience with women because we obviously speak from a women's point of view. Yeah. That's what uh-huh. we know. Right, right, right. And then I used to do that too and I get it and it would be so annoying too when I would get DMs from women like, I drug my husband here. I'm like, well, don't uh-huh. drag him. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? If he Just bring a you, girlfriend. Yeah, just bring a girlfriend. And then <laughs> the guys come and they have a great time and I hate yeah. this like, idea that these guys are like oh it's a female comedian and then i I actually was at a show doing a meet and greet afterwards and there was three guys who are the last guys at the meet and greet and i was like oh my god where are your wives and they're like no we didn't get the vip tickets we're here we're the fans i was like (gasps) no way i love that but i I hear you and it's so great like i mean obviously you've been in this business for a long time you have six specials under your belt yeah I've, I've just knocked out two and I thought it was going to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> how do you have longevity? I mean, I really would love some expert advice right. on how to have longevity with with all of this. Um, Just keep writing and keep performing. Yeah. And keep writing to your audience. Yeah. You know, I think that's where I 
there was a point where I started to try to prove myself to other comedians. Yeah. And I was getting known as this girl who does the nail salon joke. Right. And like, Solid that was joke. it. Best Thank bit you. Ever. Thank yeah. you so much. And I was aware that I had more material than that nail salon joke. I knew that. But then it was like word on the streets. is like, oh, she just says that nail salon joke, whatever, whatever. And this is like within like the first like five years of my career. And then I got to this point where I was like, I'll show them. I don't need that joke. Right. And so I started doing my show and purposely not including that joke. And I remember the first time I did it, it was in San Francisco at Cobb's Comedy Club. Yep. And I got a message on Facebook afterwards. And this one girl, she was really kind about it, but she was like, hey, uh, my mom and I were at your show. We drove all the way in from whatever city and we were so disappointed that you didn't do that nail salon joke. Like that's something that her and I bonded over and it's like the biggest bit and we were just so disappointed that you didn't do it. And I remember those words hitting me so hard and mm -hmm. it kind of was like a wake up call for me. And I was like, how dumb, like I perform for the fans, for the people who love me and love my show and love my comedy, not for these idiots who don't spend a dollar on my tickets, right, right. <laughs> who don't care about me. They don't like a post when I yeah. post it. They yeah. don't support me. Right. They just want to judge me because they wish that they were sitting in this spot. Amen. So why am I now writing to cater towards them to prove myself to them? So right. after that, I was like, oh, forget that. And now... I, I do this joke for my audience, almost like a thank you. Yeah. Like I do this whole fun show. We have a great time. This is material they've never heard before. And at the very end, this is like- You encore this is like it? My, yeah. This is like my thank you. Like, I love thanks that. for riding with me for this long. I yeah. know a lot of you know of me because of this joke. And here it is. This is for you. And I so love now it's that. that. I felt that way a little bit too, like, especially cause you know, I mean, women in comedy period, we have to kind of come out the gate and like, you know, not take no for an answer. But I felt because I kind of had to double down and prove people didn't realize that I had come from stand up mm. when I popped off on the internet, probably the mm -hmm. same way you did with mm -hmm. YouTube with the nail joke. A lot of people are like, oh, she's from Instagram. She's from Instagram. I'm like, no, no, no. But I, I my, my start was in stand up, mm. and then I just moved it to that platform. Yeah. It's like these people on TikTok now. There's yeah. plenty of comedians who are getting platforms and people are like pissed about it. I'm like, no, but they came from stand up. They just use that as the platform. Yeah, yeah. And so I felt like I had to really prove to myself, especially mm. other people in our biz, be like, no, I have, I come from stand up. Yeah. That is my love. I just decided to do characters. Yeah. On Instagram because I thought I was going to be on SNL. I'm uh -huh. like doubling down. Yeah. You know. And now I, that's kind of how I've, I focused on writing where it's like. I'm just going to focus on what brings me joy and what mm -hmm. makes me giggle. Yes. And then the audience is going to feel that because it's genuine. Absolutely. So you started out. When did you get booked on Mad TV? 2007 was the year that changed my life. Yeah. And I had just started doing stand up. Right. And even when I did stand up, I didn't want to be a comedian. Uh -huh. I wanted to be an actress. Like right. I moved to Hollywood and I was like, I'm going to be this dramatic actress. I'm going to play a rape victim on Law and Order SVU. <laughs> like Always. that's what I thought I was going to do. Yeah. And then I was going to this church and on Tuesday nights they would do creative arts night and they would have like a dance class, an acting class because they knew a lot of people at the church go or in the entertainment industry. Right. So they offered all these classes. And this I was isn't in Scientology, is it? No, okay. no. It's not. <laughs> I'm, 
and in, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, they've got yeah. a couple people in there. Okay, good. So, a Church of the Lord. It's a Church of the Lord, we Jesus Christ. It. Yes, amen. Um, yes, saved in the blood right here. Yes. <laughs> so, I was in the acting class, and I would they would play improv games, and I was funny in the improv games, and there was a woman teaching a joke-writing stand-up comedy class, and she was like, do you want to come and take my class? I was like, I don't know, is it free? And she's like, yeah. yeah. And I was like, sure, okay, I guess. Great. Yeah, I had no desire to be a comedian at all. Uh-huh. And I was like, sure, I guess. And then I was like, you know what? I do this like nail salon character that I think I can make that into a joke. Uh-huh. And she was like, oh, nail salon jokes are so hacky. Just you're yeah. clear of nail salon jokes. You don't want to do that. And I'm like, you're like no, mm. but I gotta, I'm got. i really good at this one. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know if anybody does it like me, though. Right. So I think I'm going to still do it anyway. And I took this free class at a church. And then our graduation from the class, we had to perform at like a real comedy club. And it was at the Queen Mary in Long Beach. And everybody had to bring like 15 people. And that was my first time performing. And I never wanted to be a comedian. And one of my first jokes that I wrote was the nail salon bit. That is amazing. So how did you get on Mad TV from that? Right, that's what oh. your question was. Um, <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, no, hold on. At this Christian comedy yeah, uh, yeah. class, was it, did it have to be like super clean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. I love but that. But I was already clean anyways. Like at the yeah. time, I was super religious, didn't say no cuss words. Like it was not, I didn't have to try to be clean. So it Got was it. Got fine it. for me. So anyway, uh, that was in 2006. And around that time, I had been doing stand up for four months. I get a call. Hey, do you want to come perform at the Ice House? There's this company. They're going to record it. And this is before YouTube. They're like, they're going to record it. And it's for flip phones. People can download yes. a yes. comedy clip for $1.99 on Verizon flip phones. So if you come, they'll pay you 25 bucks. And I was like, You're hell like, yeah. Balling. 25 bucks. Yeah, I'll be there in 10. Yeah, I'll yeah. be there at Top Ramen. Uh-huh. I started making all my grocery lists already from that 25 right, bucks. Right. I was like, let's go. <laughs> and so I get there. I do my set. They gave me my 25 bucks. That was it. And then next thing you know, YouTube comes out. Uh-huh. And so they're like, well, nobody's going to pay $1.99 for comedy clips and they can watch it for free on YouTube. We'll just upload it to this thing called YouTube, right? So that's how that, that's happening all in the background. I don't even know that that's happening, right? <sighs> I just, now it's January 2007. Now I start getting like, phone calls from people that are like, hey, I got an email from a coworker and it was a video of you. And I was like, girl, what video? What are you talking about? And then they'd be like, yeah, you're doing like this nail salon joke. And I and was like, like, I didn't know that was just loose yeah. in people's emails. That's what I'm saying. And Which I was kind like, of makes you panic a little bit. You're like, no, I know that I put this out there, but you're also like, what is yeah. happening? Yeah. And I was like, what? That's weird. I started getting these kind of phone calls from people. And this is when if somebody sent you an email with a video, you for sure watched it. Yeah. You, you never thought twice about clicking. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And there was no commercials. There right. was no ads. It was just like, oh, a video in my email? Heck mm-hmm. yeah. So it was around that time. So then now it's January. This brand new thing called YouTube comes out. This is when MySpace is popular. So all of a sudden this video goes out and there's like 4 million views on this video in like one month. And then my MySpace page starts blowing up. MySpace. I just got so triggered by the you MySpace. But I love this. I'm, yes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So all of a sudden I get like just thousands of messages from people. And I don't know how to be famous. Uh-huh. I don't know how to be a celebrity. I don't know etiquette. I don't know anything. So I'm replying to every no, single person. <laughs> every person. And then I'm like, oh. then I'm like, let me just copy and paste. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the support. I'm like, just copy, paste, uh-huh. copy, paste, copy, paste. And then I started getting repeat fans. I were like, is this a robot? Because you already said this to me. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I don't know how to be famous. Like, I'm just trying to reply to everybody. It's overwhelming. I don't know what I'm doing. Like that kind of thing. And then I started getting messages from like network executives, assistants. Yeah. 
because nobody knew how to get a hold of me. I didn't have an agent at the time. Yeah. So they're sending their assistant to MySpace to message me. And it's like, hey, I'm the assistant to so-and-so at CBS, at Fox, at wherever. They want to meet with you. They saw your nail salon video, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. I, I had to go buy a calendar at Staples. Like, I <laughs> like all of a sudden, I had I things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is at the time when I had no job. I had no agent. I was on unemployment. My unemployment checks had run out. Yep. It was like the end, the end. And, like, the only reason why I was still in Hollywood is because my sister who is my biggest cheerleader, was sending me money to pay my rent. She would send me gift certificates to the grocery store oh. so I could eat. Shout out to every sister. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. My sister like, did the same. Don't when give up. I was living up. out of here and I was like, I, she would just send me Chipotle gift cards. Uh-huh. And I lived off Chipotle for a year. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. So I stayed, I stayed. And then I remember I started getting all these, these meetings. And then I remember being on the phone with my sister. And I was like, okay, this is either like a little phase that I'm going through uh-huh. or this is the beginning of the rest of my life. Wow. And that's exactly what it was. So it was January 2007. And then by February, I got a new agent, a new manager. And then by March, I was auditioning for Mad TV. And then by May, I had booked the show. And I was now touring the country as a headlining comedian. And so by the end of the year, I was, you know, on Mad TV, touring right. the country. And it was 2007 is a year that literally changed my life. And you've been crushing it since. Yeah. Listen, we all know that soda has become a dirty word, okay? And I gave it up for years. But you know what I'm drinking now? I'm drinking that good soda because I'm drinking Poppy. Poppy, y'all, I friggin' love this shit. I love Poppy so much. My little, you know, wine fridge, if you will, is stocked, chocked full of the Poppy. Why do I love it? It has clean ingredients, five grams of sugar or less, and 25 calories or less. And it has all the soda flavor without any of the typical soda baggage. You can sip it after your morning workout, slurp it with your salad at lunch, pour it over ice, enjoy it with a steak dinner. There's truly no wrong way to drink it. With sparkling water, fruit juice, and prebiotics in each can, Poppy is literally reinventing what soda is. They have some friggin' delicious flavors. My favorite's the strawberry lemonade. Also love the cherry limeade. And damn it, if the orange and grape doesn't taste like exactly that orange and grape soda that you used to have as a kid after a swim meet. You know what I'm talking about? They also have classic soda shop flavors that we all grew up with, including cola, doc pop, root beer. Dude, everything's delicious. My mom's addicted to the poppy. Jeff's addicted. Ashley comes over, reads the fridge. She loves the poppy. It is so good. So say hello to soda's new era without the guilt. The future of soda is now, and it's called Poppy, P-O-P-P-I. Shop Poppy for 15% off on Amazon with code absolutely 15 and in retailers nationwide. I love Poppy. I literally wear their robe every day. They make the best merch. I freaking love Poppy. I swear by it. Again, all you got to do is shop on Amazon and use my code absolutely 15 and in retailers nationwide to get 15% off. You're going to thank me later. P-O-P-P-I, Poppy is the best. I am about to be going overseas. I'm going abroad. I am doing the most. We're hosting the Emmys. We're doing the Grammys. We're doing all of it. What do we need to do? Take care of ourselves. How do I do it? With one easy step. First thing in the morning, I get a cup. I get a nice glass and I take my AG1. My AG1 is friggin' great, okay? One scoop of AG1 mixed in water once a day, every day, because it makes me feel energized, focused, nourished, strong, I'm honestly ready to take on the day. And that's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more. And it's a powerful, healthy habit. It's just so powerfully simple too. I love AG1. People actually stop me. They're like, Heather, do you actually take it? Do you really take it? I don't know. 
how many other ways I need to prove to y'all that I really take AG1 all the time. It saves me on the road. It saves me when I travel. It saves me when I'm at home. It's just that weird time of year, especially that we need that extra boost of vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients. It makes us feel nourished. I really use AG1. If I did not take it while I was on the road, I would have not made it through last year. I would have not made it simply for the fact that if I didn't have that pre and probiotics, I wouldn't have shit for a week. You know what I'm saying? I love AG1. If there's one product that I have to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1. And that's why I've partnered with them for so long. It's because I genuinely use it. So if you want to take ownership of your health and start with AG1, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash absolutely. That's drinkag1.com slash absolutely. Check it out. You will thank me later. Watching you on Matt TV, just because I always wanted to be on in sketch comedy and and that's my true love. But I remember just being like, she's a star. And I'm Thank not you. saying that to blow smoke up your ass. I always thought you were a star. I've always Thanks. thought you were so incredibly talented. I love all of your specials. I am such a fan. Thank and you. I love hearing people's origin story. And I know I'm sure you've probably told it a thousand times, but thank you for sharing it with us today because I just try to explain to people, I always try to explain to my audience, like people think everything's an overnight sensation, mm-hmm. but it's like it took you not even realizing that you wanted to do stand up. You were mm-hmm. doing it, but not mm-hmm. even realizing that that was the career you're going to mm-hmm. go, mm-hmm. go down. Yeah. And the church improv yeah. group was yeah. like this is this is your journey <laughs> shout out to the lord we love the lord shout out to the lord do you find okay so once you got on mad tv you continued to tour mm-hmm. and then you just kept down that path did you yeah. do any other tv shows post that like did you I ever, tried yeah yeah uh, we're all doing that right now right <laughs> you didn't do the sitcom route did you though tried yeah i definitely i went through a season where every pilot season I was booking something. Yeah. Like it was just, I knew I was going to book. I was, I was testing for at least three things. Right. I was booking something. And then all of a sudden it went like real silent. Right. <laughs> and then I was not booking anything. And then if I even got the call that like, Hey, they want to test you. I'm like, Oh, thank God. Finally. And right. then it was like, that's where it would end. Like at mm-hmm. a test. And then it got to a point where I, I would book it. And then they're like, okay, the show got picked up, but you didn't, they're recasting your part. And it's like, cool, 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 cool. That's what no one understands there. Yeah. Even when you think that you're there, yeah. I like, I feel like, you know, I've been trying to get the TV show picked up forever. I, I won't feel like it's actually happening until we've got three seasons under our belt. Oh, yeah. Because you just don't know. Oh, you yeah. can go shoot the pilot. You sign the contract. And they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, we actually decided to go in a completely different direction. Uh-huh. We'd like a petite Asian woman. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, okay. You know, <laughs> yeah. Didn't see that coming. Exactly. I'm usually the, in case we go in another direction, girl, like, here's somebody else. Uh-huh. But yeah, I remember one time I went to Dave Chappelle's show in New York and uh, we had the same agent at the time. And so I was backstage with my husband and I'm chatting with him in his green room. And he goes, hey, I hear you just got a development deal. This is a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. He's like, I hear you just got a development deal. And I was like, I did. And he's like, congratulations. I'm like, thank you. And he's like, just keep in mind, I had 11 development deals <laughs> before I got the Chappelle show. <laughs> and it was such a humbling, but like, I'm so grateful that for that. That he told you that. Yeah. Like, he wasn't trying to like knock me off a high horse. Uh-huh. He was just like trying to like help me by like, hey, perspective, keep this in mind. If this doesn't go, it, that's all right. You keep going. If this doesn't go, you keep going. Don't worry. I did it 11 times. 11 times. I. That's why whenever like, you know, you get anything that pops off in the Hollywood Reporter, you know, they want to put a little blurb out. I'm always like, don't until we actually have that. We've yeah, shot yeah. episodes. Yeah. Because again, yeah, the development deal. 
Uh-huh. I mean, it's it's uh, they're all hell. Yeah, I remember I had a development deal one time with Kevin Hart and America Ferrera as my producers. And you're like, how is this not going to get picked up? And I'm like, who's going to say no to them? Right. Like, sure, they can say no to me, but right. they're not going to say no to them. And we sold the show to NBC. They they bought our script, but then they didn't move forward with shooting it as a pilot. That's where I'm at. I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's. Listen, I've gotten I'm so to the- glad you're here today <laughs> because I'm going to find out in a matter of weeks whether or not they're going to oh, yeah. p- shoot this pilot. And I am just. And call me whether I, it's a I yes am, or no. Call I am me. absolutely continue. I'm so sorry. And I've had that happen many times. And so here's they're like, okay, they're going to buy it, and I'm like, okay, they're definitely not going to say no to these two. Yeah. And then when we got the call, they're like, yeah, they're not moving forward. I was so mad because I had the most perfect picture to post. Cute <laughs> <laughs> up. It was already saved in drafts. Yeah, it's like me, yeah. Kevin Hart, our whole uh, producing team. We did a table read. Yeah. It was just like, this is the one I'm going to post. I had a cute <laughs> outfit on that day. And they said, no. <sighs> and then you already had the caption saved. You're oh, like, we you. did it. My you dreams. Know, follow your dreams. Yeah. Don't give up, you guys. <laughs> Never give up. You guys, God is so good. He is always still good. But either way, like, and then the next caption has to be, so guys, it's like you crying at Earth Cafe. Uh, yeah. It's like, when God closes one door, <laughs> he opens a window. And you're like, <laughs> Just pick up the show, please. Pick up the show. I I feel like, though, you have a good head on your shoulders because I think in comedy, obviously you have to. We work a different, we take a different route than everybody else. It's funny, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, like being on sets. I'm very, I mean, I like to say I'm easy to work with. Give me 10 years and I might be a huge, (laughs) a monster of a diva. But like, I, I get things myself. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I go to craft services myself. I do all those things. And it's so funny because PA is always like, no, 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 we'll get it. I'm like, no, 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 please. Like I, I'm easy. And they're like, oh, it's cause you're a stand up. I've been doing that a lot. Cause we know how to do it ourselves. So we're funny. schlepping through airports by uh-huh, ourselves. Uh-huh. We're, you know, we're running to comedy clubs. Like I think comedians just cause we come from a different background. It's completely different uh-huh. than dealing with like just actors. Yeah. Have you ever experienced this? Well, it's funny because I, I would say I, I'll definitely do a little bit of both. I love to be walking down the craft service line, see uh-huh. what do I have to pick. Yeah. Like, ooh, I want a little bit of this, a little yeah. bit of that. And then there's times where I'm like, oh, we'll just go get it for you. And I'm like, really? Hey. <laughs> Sure. They're like, what do you want? I'm like, what do you have? Right. And then it's just like, yeah. And then they bring me all these treats. And I'm like, ooh, I wouldn't have picked this, but thank you. Yeah. You know? But I do remember one time I brought my dad to set of a movie that I was doing. And the, I was like so proud to like bring him to set because my dad is like the toughest critic right. for me. Like my mom re- is that way for me. Oh my God. Well, I was on Superstore and my dad came over to see it to watch it. And <laughs> at the end, he's like, that's the only part they gave you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they didn't, he goes, they didn't give you no funny parts. And I'm like, it, it, that's that's kind of like the vibe of the show. It's like, it's not We're like. We're subdued. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, but he's like that was no, it. That's all you got. Yeah. They gave you no funny parts. I'm like, okay, dad. <laughs> anyway, so I booked this movie and my dad comes to set. And I'm already there. So he was driving to come meet me and then he's going to leave. Right. And so I remember the PA, we're like giving him a tour and we're like, okay, this is the craft service area. And I'm explaining to him, like, there's all these snacks, you know, for the whole crew and everybody when you're hungry, because you're here all day, whatever. And he's just like a kid in a candy store, like all this stuff. And, you know, growing up poor, he's just like, what? You know, my dad's like, super frugal, Mm -hmm. frugal, like picks up coupons he finds on the floor. If he finds a coupon, he will use it. So I'm with my dad on set and then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, got to go back to work and he's going to leave. I'm like, all right, the PA will walk you back to your car. And he's like, okay, cool. I get home and I open the refrigerator. 
why is it stuffed with food from craft service? <laughs> like 25 Uncrustables. Why is there a full-on sandwich that was made with all their bread and deli meat mm-hmm. that they had a full-on sandwich? Not even eaten, mm-hmm. but it's in there. Because my dad made the PA stop by craft service so he could stock up. Of course he did. And take stuff off. He was weighing down the golf cart that the PA had to drive him back to his car. My mom's like, I take my mom on the road sometimes. And people get very upset that I don't take her to all of my shows because she's kind of like a focal point in my life. But people don't realize. I'm like, you don't understand. My mom grew up with nothing as well. But now that she's been accustomed to like a nice life, um, <laughs> she expects to be wined and dined, uh. driven around in a white limo, you know, hoards everything from the rider. Yeah. And I'm yeah. just like, she's like, I'll walk off stage like, where are we going to dinner? I'm like, mom, it's 1130. You uh-huh. couldn't have, you know, well, like you couldn't have put it in an order. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, it's, it's overwhelming some days with my mom and everyone's like, bring her on. I'm like, no, it's a full-time job yeah. watching this toddler <laughs> who's going to steal stuff from backstage. Like it's a, it's a huge liability. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. And there is no greater feeling than when you come home at the end of the day and you rip off your bra. Okay. Everybody knows that feeling, especially of enormous jugs like I do. Well, there, the first thing I take off when I get home is my bra. But Skims has completely changed that. You know, I love Skims. I love their underwear. So I finally had to try their bras and Skims has delivered yet again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I wasn't expecting was honestly how comfortable they are. Even with the underwire bras, I'm wearing them all day and barely even notice. Definitely not the first thing I take off when I get home anymore, okay? I am friggin' obsessed. I've been wearing the Skims push-up for a minute now, and I friggin' love it, okay? I've been wearing the Skims high-waisted thongs forever. And I was like, you know what? Let me try the bras. I got intimidated by the bralettes, so I dove headfirst into the push-up bras, because you know I like my my boobs under my throat, if you will. And I absolutely friggin' love it, okay? I also tried the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra from Skims, and it's literally the best t-shirt bra I have ever owned. I wear it every day, and I need it in every color, since it's now the only bra I literally wear. The straps are adjustable, and the Fits Everybody material is obviously the best for all-day comfort. They have a Fits Everybody push-up bra, which is what I have right now, and I got the no-show unlined balconette bra that I really love. I got that in black, because I feel like that's just sexy to, like, peek underneath a little, you know, silk top. I freaking love it. Believe the hype, Skims is over 100,000 five-star reviews for a reason. Skims bras are now available at skims.com. Plus, get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in a survey and select my show, Absolutely Not, in the drop-down menu that follows. And if you're looking for a gift for your Valentine or just for yourself, Skims just launched their best Valentine shop ever. Also available at skims.com. Again, that is at skims.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all on your terms. I know that the new year brings a lot of new beginnings for a lot of folks. And what can be pretty daunting and intimidating is starting a new business with having to build a website. You don't know where to start. You think that you have to have some sort of like engineering degree or coding degree to do this, but you don't, okay? Just use Squarespace. I love Squarespace because it is so easy. First of all, there's so many cool things you can do with it, right? You can have an online store. You can sell your products on an online store, whether you sell physical, digital, or service products. Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online today. You can easily sell custom merch and create a passive income stream that engages your audience and scales your brand. Design your products, your production, inventory, and shipping are all handled for you. Save you money and time. We love that. 
I mean, they got everything. They got analytics, they have blogging tools, they have flexible payments. Truly, they make it so, so friggin' easy. Also, hey, maybe you've got a service-based website. So they can accept appointments on your Squarespace website, offer online or in-person private sessions, workshops, and group classes. They provide everything you need to manage your schedule, accept secure payments, send automatic reminders, beautifully showcase your services, and so much more. So all you got to do is head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com absolutely to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's squarespace.com absolutely. So when you're on the road, what's your like process? Do you write on the road or mm-hmm. and, and like, who do you go, who goes with you? Yeah. What's it like? Cause I know you tour just as much as I do. And, and, and I mean, well also you're a new mom and I want to get into that, yeah. but what's your process on the road? Um, I have a handful of comedians that I work with that I feel comfortable with. Uh-huh. I like to bring people on the road who are like family mm-hmm. because if I'm going to be away from my family, I want it to feel like family on the road. And so I've been working with the same comics for years. That's Mal great. Hall is like my main guy. I've been working with him. I've known him longer than I've known my husband. I've been married for my husband almost 13 years. And I've been working with Mal longer than that. Ron Hortman, probably at least 10 years, Ron Hortman. Kristen Seville's, I work with her sometimes. I just started, I rarely introduce like a new one to the crew because I just stick with my guys. But I just started working with a new guy named Neri Signs out of Miami. Great. And I like to work with people who are a fun hang. Yeah. Because we're spending so much time together and somebody who I can write with. Somebody yeah. who can watch my set and and when I come off stage in between shows, they're like, okay, what if you try it like this? Yeah. Okay, what if instead of this, say this? And somebody that I can riff with in yeah. between shows. And then the next day, we go to the coffee shop that's like closest to the hotel. And then we sit there. And we go through our notebooks. And then we talk about our material. And then we go back and try it again the next night. I love like, that. I like to work with people like that. And so, yeah. So then I, I just started this year. Last weekend was my first weekend for the year. And this is my year to write my new hour because I just released it last year. So now I'm writing my new material and it is an adjustment going from so daunting in your performance mode. Yeah. Especially when you have an hour that you super love and you're like, I'm loving this material. I'm having so much fun with it. And then you have to like start taking it out and adding in the new stuff. Like that's so hard. I'm like, oh, but I love this joke. Okay, whatever. And getting back into writing mode, getting back into like being observant and making notes because I personally am not always on. I'm not always like, that's going to be funny, writing it down. I love to turn that brain off Mm -hmm. and just enjoy my life. Good for you. And that's healthy. That's a healthy balance. Yeah, it is healthy. But then I have a hard time checking back into work. I'm like, ugh. I feel you on that. I kind of do like it's like a perfect storm or a little bit like an episode of Homeland, like two weeks before I'm about to go on the road. <laughs> I like take a bunch of Adderall and I like lock myself yeah. in the basement. And it's like, you know, my husband comes down and like make sure I've showered. I'm like, yeah. I got ideas, you know, <laughs> and it's a little like all over the wall in my office. But then it's like then it clicks. I mean, you have to get up on the How'd stage. You meet your husband? Actually in a gay bar in New York City. Stop. Yeah. Um, you turned him? Uh, no, I, I sure did. I sure did. You know, and there's a lot of gay men who hate me because of it. No, he was out with his two gay cousins and I was with my best friend, Christina, who works with me now. And they were like, oh, Jeff, come, we want you to meet Heather. She's at the bar. And it just happened to be this gay bar in, in Hell's Kitchen where I lived. And he walked in the bar and I said, that's who I'm going to meet. I said, sorry, that's who I'm going to marry. Yeah. It, literally, I just said it out loud. My girlfriend, Christina, was like, Jeff? And I'm like, you know him? She's like, yeah, I grew up with him. He's one of our best friends. I told him to come meet us. And that was it. How'd you meet your husband? He's a Christian rapper. He was. Was. He was. Okay. Yes. Now he's doing real estate. 
Yeah. I love it. I've been following all yeah. the ventures online. Thank you. And I love it. <laughs> We're getting the real estate game because you know yeah. everybody could get canceled tomorrow. So you gotta yeah, have a yeah, backup exactly. follow back plan. Exactly. Yeah. That was my husband. He was like, Listen, we have to have a way of making income that does not rely on people liking us. Yes. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And also like eventually, you know, and I and I'm sure with being a new mom, it's like being on the road is so physically taxing. Mm. And you're like, I think mm-hmm. like COVID probably taught us a lot. Like yeah. obviously it's it's the boom now where everybody's out and it's great, but it's like you got to have something to also that like makes money while you sleep, right? Totally. So how did you guys meet? Through mutual friends. I had a roommate. She was getting married. I went to her wedding and her husband's best friend was there and I thought he was hot and I was like, ooh, who's this guy? Somebody needs to introduce me, mm-hmm. but then nobody introduced me. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to introduce myself. And so then I went home and I cyberstalked him on the internet. I love that. I did. Soft cyberstalk. Yeah. yeah. I went to her Facebook page <laughs> and then I clicked on her new husband and then I went through every single one of his friends until I found that afro that I seen at the wedding. And I was uh-huh. like, boom, there it is. Got him. Yeah. And then I like <laughs> looked up everything about him. I found out he was in a band. Like he's touring, woo woo, this and that. And I was like, oh, well, man, snooze you lose. You should have met me. And then closed the computer. And then I never looked him up ever again. I didn't message him. I didn't tell my friend, hey, hook me up with that guy. I didn't do nothing. I just stalked him. And I was like, "Mm, you should have met me. You missed out. Sorry, sir. Bye. And then I went on with my life for two years. Yes. Wow. Planted Two the years. seed and then left. And then I didn't even plant no seed. I just did my my. Oh, this research. was in your brain. This, this wasn't. All, you this didn't message him to say no. like, "Oh, you should have met me." Bye. Nope. Nope. And then like blocked. Okay, nope. got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. That was all self confidence. I love that. That was all just me talking, hyping myself up, being like, "Well, he snooze, he lose." Yeah. Bye. Went on with my life. Two years later, I get a text message from my friend that got married that day. She was like, hey, I hadn't even talked to her in a long time at this point. And she was like, is this still Angela's phone? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, I want to hook you up with somebody. And I was like kind of annoyed because I just got out of like a stupid relationship. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dumb. Like, who Who do you want to hook me up with? And she's like, well, I don't know if he's your type, but look him up on Facebook. His name is Manuel Reyes. <gasps> And you're like, girl, you don't All even. All my research came no. flooding back you're to like, me. You're like, let me go to my file cabinet yeah. and get out the receipts, the <laughs> yeah. timelines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, and I played it cool. I was like, I'll look, I'll check, yeah. I guess. Girl, I knew. I was like, okay, let's do this. And I keep saying Facebook to everybody who's listening because I'm showing you the time frame that we were in when Facebook was the only thing that we had because that's how we were doing things. Remember a poke? When you got a poke from uh-huh. a flirt on Facebook? Now right. it's like, actually, I think it would be considered assault. Yeah. Yeah. But when somebody <laughs> Poked you on Facebook, you were like, ooh, ooh, I got it. Okay, all right, Tyler, thank you. Okay, yes, I love this. So how long into the relationship did he know about you doing the cyber stalking? I think I didn't tell him until... We might have been married. Yeah, yes, yeah, smart, smart. Yeah. You got to trap them, ladies who are yeah. watching. You yeah. trap them, yeah. and then once they're legally bound to mm-hmm. you, and especially if you get knocked up, when they're legally bound to you, then you let them know what a psychopath you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, think yeah, I yeah. waited till I had him on a lock, and then yeah. I told him the truth. I didn't even tell my friend. I didn't tell her for. I didn't tell anybody for a long time. But yeah, we moved very quickly. We met in when was it? August. And we were like officially boyfriend girlfriend by October. On October fourth was our boyfriend girlfriend anniversary, I and I remember it because we used to go ten four. <laughs> idiots! I love it. I love it so much. We're I love so it. Idiots! So much. <laughs> and then we were engaged by Christmas Eve, and then we got married the following June. And I hadn't even known him a full year before I married him. See, I think that works though. I mean, I yeah. knew the moment I went on my first date with my husband, I was like, this is it. 
Yeah. And it was just easy. I try yeah. to explain to people and they're like, oh, what's good like relationship advice? I'm like, if it's easy, mm-hmm. I think it's right. Yeah. When 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 I see my friends and it's like dramatic, they keep going back. I'm like, no, yeah. if it's the right one, it's supposed yeah. to be easy in the beginning. Yeah. Cause it's yeah. only gonna get harder from there. Yes. So if it's hard in the beginning, it, we're not set up for success. Yeah, yeah. I love that you moved fast. Okay, yeah. great. And how is he with, and obviously I know he's so supportive, but I'm just like, did it ever take an adjustment period? But he's a performer because he's a musician. Right. Uh-huh. Did it ever take uh, a like adjustment period for him to like see you in, in stand-up light? Or was he ever, are there ever things like you, you don't talk about on stage? This was like how we were such the perfect couple because he had always said he wanted to be a cheerleader to his wife. I like, love that. He wanted to be like uplifting her. He never wanted somebody to be like his arm candy at home. He always wanted to like boost her up. Right. And so when he met me, he didn't know who I was. Like uh-huh. he wasn't, he'd never seen the nail slam video, but he did say that all his girlfriends around him, they were all quoting Bonquiqui and he didn't know. Iconic Bonquiqui forever. He didn't know it was me. Uh-huh. He thought it just his friends were funny and they made up this funny, like, you know, things that they said. And then he found out that they were quoting me. And so I think that kind of impressed him uh-huh. a little bit. He was like, oh, wait, people know of her? Like, right. I, I don't know who she is. And I remember we went, we met up. So he flew into town because he was living in Florida at the time. So he flew in to come and meet me here in LA. And we went to lunch with our mutual friends. And he was so impressed that I drove up in my little sporty Lexus that yes. I had. Sensible and Lexus. We love it. We stand. Lexus yep. IS 250. Oh. Um, and he was like, okay, this girl's like doing her own thing. Yeah. And I feel like it was something like different for him. Like he didn't have to like, he didn't have to take care of me. I didn't right. need him. You know, it was just like, Hey, here we are. Mm-hmm. are is this going to work or not? And we, we have a different telling of the story because he says I was cold to him that I was like mean. <laughs> and I say that he's just used to girls fawning all over him because mm. he was so good looking mm-hmm. and I wasn't doing that. Good for you. And I was very like, what's a, I, our first FaceTime call? I had no makeup on. Yeah. I, my hair was up in like a messy bun. I was in my hotel room and I'm packing up my suitcase to go to the next city. And I was like, what's up? Yeah. What's good? Hi. I yeah. keep coming on and off screen because I'm packing and I'm like, uh-huh. And where are you from? <laughs> Full on multitasking him. And he's like, who is this girl? Yeah. Because you didn't care. And yeah. that's why I loved you even more. Yeah. This new year, the easiest healthy habit to start is one for your dog. Okay. The farmer's dog makes feeding real healthy dog food easy and convenient. And your dog will absolutely love it. When I pull the farmer's dog out of the fridge, my dogs go literally ape shit. Okay, they lose their mind. They see those packets and they get pumped. What I love about Farmer's Dog is it's really the best option for dogs at all life stages because it's not kibble, it's not canned goo, it's just real healthy food. Traditional dry and wet food can honestly be highly processed and it can use much lower quality ingredients than they claim to and are extremely difficult to proportion accurately. This is why I love Farmer's Dog. It isn't just fresh, higher quality food. They also send the food pre-portioned specifically for your dog based on their unique nutritional needs. So here's the deal. Like macaroni can't do poultry. Just doesn't sit with her well. So I get macaroni beef or I get her pork or another meat that's not poultry. And so it comes pre-proportioned for her. Rigatoni can handle anything. He's full throttle. So it comes pre-proportioned for him. I defrost it overnight. I leave it in the fridge or on the counter. And then I scoop it out and they go absolutely bonkers for it. 
I love Farmer's Dog. The Farmer's Dog is truly the best. My vet is crazy about it. And that makes me feel like, hey, that's just another way to double down on knowing that you're giving your dogs the best of the best. Right now, you can get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash absolutely. Plus, you get free shipping. Just go to thefarmersdog.com slash absolutely to get 50% off. That's thefarmersdog.com slash absolutely. You recently became a mom. Yeah. And I, I really want to talk to you about this because I'm in this weird position in my life. I'm, I'm turning 37 in, you know, in March. So young. So young, but I've I've gone through a, a, a wide assortment of different fertility stuff. And I know that like the clock is ticking and I got to mm-hmm. get on it. Mm-hmm. But it's so scary. And I don't think, you know, I, you know, I was talking to Whitney about this a little bit. And, you know, she she was had so much success before she had a baby. Mm-hmm. And you have two. But I'm at this point where I'm like, it's like it's, you know, we're, we're coming over the mountain, mm-hmm. like all this mm-hmm. stuff we built. Mm-hmm. And I. I want to be a mom and I know that I got to get on it. And mm-hmm. I mean, my mom had me a 40 and that's probably why I turned into a stand-up comedian. Um, <laughs> but I don't want to have two old eggs, you know, yeah. but I also know I'm going to probably have to do IVF again and all this stuff. So mm-hmm. it's just, how's it been, you know, being a mom, being back on the road? Cause I know you just had your beautiful baby girl and Thank now you. you're, so this is your first time. This isn't your first time away from her on the road. Is it? Um, no, we, we started last September okay. as being on the road, but really quick, I just want to yeah. touch on something for all your listeners who are listening, who uh-huh. may not know this because you've done IVF and I'm sure you've talked about it yep. with them, but I don't know if people understand how hard mm-hmm. IVF is. And then for you to go on the road yes. and tour and make people laugh and show up and give them your energy when you just got the call that's like, hey, this embryo is not viable. You only yeah. got one. You only got this. That was me. I was on the road driving from one city to the next city getting the call from my doctor. Hey, none of your embryos were viable. Yeah. And then you got to go on stage that night and put on your face mm-hmm. and show up for everybody because mm-hmm. you love what you do. And, you know, everybody paid their hard-earned money to come and see you, but then you're also, like, Crushed dealing inside. with this. And you have your hormones that you've been injecting, and mm-hmm. you have all this going on. So just for all your listeners who are listening, so they have a better understanding of what you go through, <laughs> yeah. how much you show up for them, just just for yeah. you. Yeah, Round no, no, I mean, for you, queen. Right back at you. Because So how many, if you don't mind me, I talk about it a lot about, and especially on stage, I found the only way to talk about it was to talk about it on stage, mm. was just because I, I went into egg freeze IVF because mm-hmm. I was trying to do I, I was lucky that I did it during COVID I was like I was like well then if I have a little downtime we're gonna yeah. do it now but I had to do three rounds to get one embryo you know what I mean and I know that if I got to do it again I mean yeah. it's it's we're already I got to roll up my sleeves and get dirty with it yeah. you were doing it while touring uh-huh. God I don't know how you physically did that it was hard are you traveling with the needles traveling with the drugs so it was hard and stressful and I had booked this job mm-hmm. and I had to cancel some tour dates mm-hmm. because I booked this and we were going to be filming. And then come to find out after I canceled all those tour dates, then I got fired from the job. <gasps> and all this while I'm doing like the shots. And so and like, you're already you're, hormonal. So you're just losing your damn mind. Have, and then it's just the stress is not helping right. your body create. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I actually went through it twice and I got minimal eggs yeah. both times. And I ended up with four embryos only three of them made it through the testing and then at the end of that none of them were viable so they're like okay you're gonna have to do it again again." and i was like oh my gosh this was so hard i don't know if i could do it again men could never i would say they could never yeah (laughs) oh my god and so i'm like all right this i have one month off in november this is a 2020 
wouldn't have a baby 23. So it's 2022. And this is how we, as as road comics, this is how we think. I'm like, okay, I've got the month of August off. Yeah. I don't have to be in Vegas. All right. Okay. All right. We can <laughs> we can inject ourselves. We have a two-week window where we don't have to be on an airplane yeah. or in a sky yeah. club. Yeah. So this is when I can do it. All right. I'm juicing myself up this month. Okay. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. Exactly. And so I'm like, all right, I will do it in November because that's my one month that I have off. And I was touring. I had just come out with my book. It was like a whole thing. And so I'm like, all right. Since I'm not going to be doing anything with, you know, IVF this summer, I'm going to take the time to work on myself and get snatched for my taping in October. I have a taping on October 1st in Nashville. Yeah. I am just going to work out. I'm going to eat healthy. I stopped drinking alcohol. I stopped eating after like 8 p.m. because, you know, in the comedy clubs. Yeah. I'm like, give me those chicken tendies when I come off stage. Girl, I, I, a midnight tendy rocks me to sleep. Come that through. is Some people need melatonin. <laughs> I need a tendy platter with some shitty club fries yes. and, a, and a ranch that has been sitting yes. in the back of a pantry. Mm. That is mm. what I need. Extra and then creamy. I, and then I am, I'm out. Lights out. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So I told myself, I said, I'm not going to do none of that. Yeah. And I'm going to eat healthy and no alcohol. I'm going to get snatched. I'm going to work out in all these Holiday Inn. Yeah. And that have like three free weights and a yeah. treadmill I'm like I'm gonna work it out and by the time October 1st comes I'm gonna get snatched right okay. so I'm spending this time working on my body making my body healthy for my taping this is yeah. my brain thinking you're making it for your taping mm-hmm. really I had no idea I was preparing my body to get pregnant <gasps> because I ended up getting pregnant naturally the week before my taping God is good God is good I feel the spirit coming through me wait yes you got pregnant the week before your taping? Yeah. Now, did you feel pregnant during your taping? You no. weren't sick or anything. Because it's a new girl. Yeah, 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 I yeah, celebrating. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my gosh. God, it's so good. I love yeah. that. It was. I had no idea I was pregnant. And then the like week after my taping, or like a few days later, then I went to D.C. with this whole uh, Latina group. We went to the White House. And then mm-hmm. we had like this after party. And then it was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drinks again. And then I went to go visit my cousin who lived in DC. And then we did a whole tequila tasting in his bar. Like I was living yeah. it up. I was like, I spent all summer not <laughs> drinking. Let's wild out. You're like, and I'm then- in the White House. <laughs> <Yes>. Let's go. <laughs> and then that next weekend, I didn't start my period. And I was like, that's weird. Cause I've been like on time, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm like, okay, next day. And I still don't start my period. And then the next day, so now we go on the road. And I went to, I was in Atlanta. Oh. And I'm there and I have a brother who lives right outside of Atlanta. We'll talk about oh, it later. Okay, but, yeah. I live outside of Atlanta. Let's talk. Okay. Yeah. So yep. I, I'm at Atlanta and I'm doing my show and I remember being like, This is weird. I haven't started my period yet. And then a couple of thoughts like, What are you pregnant? What? Yeah. No way. Wild. Yeah. Can you imagine? And then the next city, then we're in like Ohio, I think it was. Uh-huh. And then by the time we're at the end of this weekend. I hope you didn't find out you're like, pregnant in Ohio. No. <laughs> Plenty of people find out they're pregnant in Ohio and don't want to be pregnant in Ohio. Shout out to Ohio, Cincinnati, one of my favorite cities. But regardless, that's a dark place to find out you're pregnant. (laughs) No, I didn't find out, but... It was my fifth day of not getting my period. Oh, so I was like, you're sweating a little. Something is up. I'm Googling. Like, if you're not pregnant, why else would you not start your period? Right. And, like, <laughs> and then it's like perimenopause. And I'm like, oh, yeah. no, please. Yeah. And they always when you're going through IVF, they're always telling uh-huh. me they're like, OK, well, yeah, you may be perimenopausal. Like it may just not happen for you. And so you're always that's always yeah. in the back of your mind. Right. So when people tell you, oh, what yeah. if you're pregnant, you should probably take a pregnancy test. You're like, no, I probably just quit my period. And I'm yeah. never <laughs> my, my chances for children are just completely out the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. So it's our last show. And I had previously asked for some champs, like just bring me some yeah. Prosecco and we we're going to take it back. We had this fly Airbnb that we were at. It was so nice. And I was like, let's just bring some Prosecco. Let's just have some drinks and enjoy our night. And so now I'm in my brain going, wait, should I not have this drink? Right. What if I'm pregnant? And so I was like, I'll just like drink half of it. So people don't be like, why are you drinking? You're the one who requested this. Right. right? So I'm like, I'll just like drink half and like I'll sip it slowly. And I knew the next day I was landing back home and I had a pregnancy test in my drawer. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm going to take this test when I get home. Mm -hmm. And I remember Danielle, my road manager, she mm -hmm. dropped me off. And I remember she was taking so long to leave the house that day. And I was like, girl, <laughs> get out. I need to take this pregnancy test. Because <laughs> I wasn't telling anybody. As soon as she leaves, I go and I'm videotaping everything because I wanted to document all my emotions, whether it was yes or no, whatever. So I, I put my camera up. And it's me and my dog. And I'm just like talking to the camera and talking to my dog. Uh -huh. I'm just like, what if I'm pregnant? Like talking to Bonzo. Like, yeah. what if this? And I'm like, no, this is dumb, stupid, whatever. And then so I do, I pee on the little stick and then I'm waiting. And then I'm like, oh, and I have to catch flight the next morning. It was uh, like course. a 24 hour turnaround. That, that's that's all we live. We live a yeah. for a 24 hour turnaround. Yeah. yeah. So uh -huh. I'm like trying to like repack my suitcase while I'm taking a pregnancy test mm -hmm. at 41. Then I come over to my little test and I'm like, okay, talking to my phone. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna look at it, whether it is yes or no. And I remember looking at it and my heart like <gasps> dropping and all, I'm like shaking. I'm like, wait, what? And then I'm looking at the instructions to right. make sure. I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. Wait, they do make wait, it very confusing. Wait. If it isn't the digital one that yeah. just says pregnant, you're like, even if it yeah. says not pregnant, you still yeah. see pregnant. And you're like, yeah. what does this mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. just like, it, it's yeah. very confusing. Okay. Yeah. And I actually had one of those and I forgot that I had it. So I go digging through my drawer and I'm like, let me try this one that mm -hmm. is not going to be confusing. And it said pregnant. And I was like, you have got to be kidding. It was the only person I could tell was my dog. And was it just, were you like this? It, well, clearly it's like so meant to be. Because I've gotten a false positive before mm. where it's like half of the line. And they usually mm. say it's almost impossible to get false positives. You'll get a false negative before yeah. you'll get a false positive. But I went for like a 24 hour spam where I was like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. I can't believe wow. this. And then it was, it, it, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. you know. Too many chicken titties. Yeah, too many chicken titties. You know, <laughs> um, there's enough hormones in the chicken to uh, yeah. to give you a false, <laughs> a false positive. <laughs> but yeah, you have to get the digital one where it's just like, you're pregnant. Bitch, it needs you to say bitch. Yeah. yeah. You got a baby. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and you know, obviously with age and I feel like other people don't want to talk about it, but it's like, no, when you're, you know, in that window, everything's geriatric pregnancy uh -huh. above like 32. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so you were 41 when you got pregnant. Yeah. Were you 42 when you had your daughter? I was, was I 41 or 40? I was 41 when I gave birth. Okay, so, so I don't remember. Okay. But either way, you're like, yeah. You know, I mean, essentially, you could say, honestly, like, you know, a, an older mom and mm -hmm. was, yeah. I mean, was this just like the wildest experience too? Yeah. And especially because I had said I didn't want kids. I, I've um, seen so many, like, I, I know this about you, that you didn't want kids mm -hmm. and you were kind of like staunchly like, I'm not, that's, that's not yeah. my journey. That's not my journey. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. And so what made you kind of change your mind? COVID 2020. Oh, were you just like horny and like, let's yeah. go? Or? No, opposite. <laughs> no, I was fearful is what yeah. it was. Well, so here's the thing that happened. My career has always been my baby. 
It's yeah. always been the thing that I've held dearest to me, that I've worked so hard for, that was always in the forefront of my mind. It was what I dreamed about at night. I never dreamed about being a mom. I dreamed about being on SVU. Like that is what I wanted. <laughs> Same. <Yeah. laughs> Literally, you will never, unless you're an actor, you'll never understand yeah. just the sheer, just the need to be on SVU. Yeah. 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 Listen, Mariska, we're right here. Right here. We love you. Miss Benson, Please. we love you. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Even if we're like, just give us like the two party girls that are coming out of the bar that find we, the dead body in the beginning. Like, yeah, but let us just be that. We don't remember anything from yeah. the club. It was so loud. They never, they never see anything. Yeah. Okay, I'll let yeah. you know right now. I see everything. Yeah. Okay, we're uh, comedians are the most observant people on the planet. I'll be like, oh, yeah, the body was here. The knife is there. I'll tell you exactly who did it. Um, <laughs> okay, so you're of course having this like existential moment where you're like your career has always been it, yeah. and I'm in that position now. Mm-hmm. And when, yeah. it, when, especially in comedy when it takes so long to get your footing it's like well of course you're not going to take yourself yeah. out of the game because yeah, yeah. what people don't understand too is I have fans all the time like a baby look good on you baby look good on you and you're like one you don't understand like fertility issues and two mm-hmm. people don't realize like okay if you get pregnant have a baby it actually takes you out for like mm-hmm. I don't want to say a year but especially if it to be on camera mm-hmm. or if you're on the road like just you know yeah. you want to be with your baby you want to be yeah. home or your body you know you can't book roles unless they're for pregnant people, uh-huh, uh-huh. if you're yeah. showing, okay, so yeah. COVID made you have this aha moment. Yeah, so it was when everything went away. Nobody's touring, nobody's auditioning, nothing's yeah. being filmed, anything. And I used to like watch TV and movies and be like, ah, I could have played that. Why didn't I get that? I used to like watch it like that. Oh, when is it my turn? I can't wait for my turn. Like I would watch it like that. And then I started watching it and not caring about uh-huh. that. And I didn't need it. I, this mm. was the first time that I was like, if I never book another role, eh, whatever. If I don't go back on the road, this I enjoy my house. This is my first time enjoying the fruits of my labor. Right. Because I'm typically touring, touring, touring. I never go swimming in my pool. I never even put furniture on my balcony to look at the beautiful view that I had. Mm-hmm. And I finally in 2020 put some furniture on my balcony. And I sat there and I was like, wow, this is nice. When you actually stop and, and breathe. And be present. And be present. In in your space around the gardening. The okay, now when well, I lost your mind, okay? Listen, yeah. It was a whole thing. I was like, I like being home. And I'm like, if I never hit the road like I did, then I'm okay with that. And this was the first time I had ever said to myself that my career that I thought was the most fulfilling thing in the world to me was actually not so fulfilling because here I was saying I don't really need it anymore. Mm. It's whatever. Yeah. You know? And it was in that moment that I was like, "Oh shoot." Should I have had kids? Because I remember all of my friends telling me that kids are the most fulfilling thing. It's more fulfilling than this, that, and whatever. And I'd be like, okay. Yeah. And you just say that because you're trapped with your kids. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And so I was like, oh my gosh, did I mess up? Well, I don't even know if I have any eggs left. So let me at least start looking into this and seeing if I do. And I'm like 38 at the time. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to start. I'm going to go to the doctor and at least like get tested. However that happens, draw blood, whatever. And my friend had done IVF before. So she sent me to her doctor to at least just like check out the situation. Yeah. And she was like, okay, you do have some eggs, but you don't have a lot. So if you want to do anything about it, you got to move quickly. 
That was the same with me. They were like, we're going to eat. I mean, I was on testosterone for like three months, like juicing up. Wow. WWE Raw. Because they said that. They're like, girl, you got nothing. It's tumbleweeds down there. And you're going to have to get on that illegal stuff. Like, I was juicing hard. How do you feel about Mexico? Yeah, exactly. Um, Truly. I'll tell you how I feel. Uh, That's where I get my my goods. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh Uh-huh. So I did. I did that. And they're like, you got to move quickly. And then still, I was like, I'm just going to be saving my eggs. Like, I still wasn't convinced I wanted kids. I was like, all right, let's just save my eggs just in case, yeah. right? Then every appointment that I went to after that, when it was more bad news and more bad news, like, okay, it was six eggs. Just kidding. It's actually four. Okay, actually, this one didn't, whatever. Okay, I, and it was like bad news after bad news. And it was starting to sound more like, hey, this might not be for you. And when they were telling me that, then that's when I was like, oh, no, I want it, though. I had that exact conversation with my doctor and after I had done two rounds of it and she was like, my eggs just weren't developing in order for them to extract them. And she said, I know it can feel like a death. (laughs) I I literally just popped up in the chair and I go, who died? I'm so (laughs) confused. And she was like, I don't think this is for you. And I remember I sat in my car in the doctor's office in the parking garage and I wept and I was just like, no, I'm going to be a mom. I got to figure it out. The timing may not be now, but I'm going to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And then I went back and was able to do one more round and they went into it. And for those people who are listening who don't understand, like you go to do a retrieval and they told me they're like, we only see one egg. Mm -hmm. The likelihood of getting one egg out of it, them doing the genetic testing, it being viable, making it to the Petri dish, the whole thing is like 0.1%. And I just said, well, let me just try it. I'm going to just try it. And then they went in, they were able to find three. So then when they sent it off to the lab, one of those ended up being viable. So my statistic, my chances were, so I have a baby girl. I know I have a daughter, which is wild that they can tell you that. I have a daughter on ice. So I'm like, I know I have one, but I feel like I'm gonna have to do it again, you know, to to get more. But having that conversation (laughs) when they say, this may not be for you is so wild. Mm Mm-hmm. That was the wildest feeling I'd ever felt. And I was like, no, of course I want to be a mom. Mm -hmm. So I hear you on that. That was it. And I was like, no, that's what I want. And then it became a conversation with my husband because we were both on the same page. We didn't want kids. Right. And all that he he paints a picture like this. He's like, imagine we're both driving on the freeway and we're like zooming fast in life. And then all of a sudden you just took an exit and went. And then he kept going. And I was like, wait, what? We're having kids now. We want kids because it became something that was so like. No, we have to. And mm-hmm. then he was more like the finances about it because it's very expensive, as you know. Right. He's like, okay, well, you know, how many times are we going to do this? Like, what's our budget? We have to like set a limit. So, mm-hmm. and I was like, no. Right, right. We go until I'm tired yeah. of it. And then so it was like, <laughs> we we didn't see eye to eye in the beginning. And so then that felt lonely. And then you have all yeah. the hormones and everything. And then eventually he did get on board. And of course we love, we're in love with our daughter now, but that was a journey. That was a, a a real journey for us to go through. What a wild experience to think you are on one path and then all of a sudden you're like, no. And and like when you get that urge, you're just like, this is it. Yeah. That you've got to go full steam. That is so beautiful. I mean, uh, you know, and it's wild too, because uh, when I talk to other like real, like big career moms, I was like, yeah, you're going to figure it out. I met this wonderful woman in the Sky Club in Atlanta and she, she was a fan. She'd come to a show. She's big wig at this Fortune 500 company. And we were both taking a red eye. We were on the same flight to London. We got delayed. So we started chit-chatting, having a drink. She was like, yeah, I do crazy business over in the UK. I was like, I'm flying over there to like shoot a show or whatever. And she was like, yeah, I have my daughter's second birthday party today. 
today and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, how do you balance all this? And she's like, Heather, you're a comedian. You've been bone chilling tired on the road. She's like, you're going to be, motherhood would be easy. She's like, you know what it's like to be spread thin. She's like, mm -hmm. you just figure it out. Women figure it out. Mm -hmm. She's like, don't let that stop you. And I had this mm -hmm. woman who I'd seen, who I met and she was so successful in her career. And I'm like, here she is catching a red eye, yeah. uh, you know, to go wow. kick ass and take names on a Monday, yeah. on a Sunday afternoon. She's still throwing a party for her yeah. kids. She's like, you just figure it out. Yeah. And I was like, when she told me, she's like, I know you can do it. I was like, mm. I know we've had seven margaritas in the Sky Club, <laughs> but I can do it. And I was like, that I got to get on it. So now how does it feel to be back on the road? Good, hard, uh, yeah. all of the above. It's more, I've always had like anxiety, mental health yeah. issues, you know? And I think there's another layer to it that is like, I want to be present with my daughter, but then I have to like turn that brain off to turn off, write a joke brain right. and go perform. And so this last week, we started in September and I was doing like flyway, just theaters. Like I would fly for 24 hours and fly right back. Mm -hmm. And so I just stay one night away. And then now I did eight shows at this comedy club, just back to back to back. And it was hard leaving her and turning the mom brain off to turn comedy brain on. Like I had anxiety all day yeah. until I walked up on stage. Once I'm on stage, mm -hmm. forget it. Right. Everything goes away. I'm in my zone. It's like, oh yeah, I remember how to do this. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I'm funny. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can write jokes. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? You start like improvising with the audience a little right. bit. You're like, oh yeah, I can, I can say stuff. That's You know what I mean? You're like, oh yeah, this brings me so much joy. Because yeah. usually it's the dread going up yeah. to it where you're like, I always tell myself, or like right before I'm about to walk out for a big show, I go, why, why am I doing this? Who signs up? to do this. This is insane. I am a sociopath. And then literally as I walk out my glitter, I'm like, this is the best moment of my life. Every time. Doesn't matter if I'm where I am. I'm like, this yeah. is the greatest feeling in the world. Yeah. 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 So it's it's been hard transitioning and going back and forth. And eventually I'll learn a balance yeah. of it. I don't have it right now. I still am. I was trying to explain it to my husband that I'm like, it. it's really hard because I'm thinking about what I'm doing right now, what I just did with her, was that the right move? What I'm about to do with her five steps from now, I, I have to pack her suitcase in two days. And the, so I'm always thinking about everything my daughter. But if I don't, then I'm afraid I'm going to forget to feed her. You know what I yeah. mean? Like It's I, a mental load. I saw yeah. a bunch of TikToks on it. And I've been talking to my husband about like how we balance the mental load. And he's like, oh, okay, so you found a couple of TikToks. If I hear mental load one more time. But I was like, this is the best way I've ever heard it described for women. It's the mental load. It's yeah. the thinking for people outside of yourself, mm -hmm. then having to also think for yourself. It's constantly like, what is the next? thing on your plate because mm -hmm. if you don't have a million balls in the air you know one of them's gonna drop and yeah. it's just constantly like I, I that's why I explained to my husband we like had to sit down at Christmas is like I need you to understand the mental load that I feel I'm out there on the road I am trying to entertain and give 100 120% to my audience and my people but I'm also then worried about what's happening at home worried about you am I a good wife am I doing this and I, I don't want to say that guys have it easy but they don't think and carry the weight of how we feel mm -hmm. at home mm -hmm. with them it's like how guys can fall asleep in like three seconds you know what I mean? Jeff puts on a breathe right strip and he's he's out. Meanwhile, I'm up doomsday prepping on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing jokes. I'm sweating in the bed. My hormones are crazy. Yeah. So I've got to like change the sheets. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like unbelievable. Yeah. It's just the way we have more on totally. our brains to carry. Absolutely. And I'll my husband will be like, oh, how'd you sleep? And I'm like, I didn't go to bed till like one or two. He's like, uh -huh. why? I'm like, because I was researching. 
I was researching how not to kill yeah. our child yeah. to, to yeah. keep the lights on. Yes, yeah. so I was researching so then I can tell you what to do. Yeah, yeah. I suffer with anxiety too. And I never really had it until things really started to pop off in my career because then I started to feel the pressure for myself. Mm. And I mean, like I, I would have a, pan- I have a panic attack before a show and I was like, oh, well, I never experienced this before. I wasn't nervous to perform. Performing is a one place, like you said, where you feel in the zone, in the pocket, comfortable. But it was almost like I felt like the weight of the world on my shoulders. And then I had to like finally have a moment with myself where I'm like, this is comedy. Nothing matters. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. How do you do with anxiety on the road? I have my tools. Yeah, that I go yeah. What to. Are you, what's in your toolbox? Because I, okay. I'm a action steps kind of person. I love to hear this. So first is gratitude. Mm. And when I was struggling real bad with my anxiety, it was something I would make my whole green room do. Whoever was I love there, that. my road manager, my opener, whoever was in the room, we would go around the room and everybody would say five things that they're grateful for. Beautiful. Because when you say it out uh-huh. loud you hear yourself say the things that you're grateful for. So it's like you're raising your vibration and then you're hearing it. So you say it, you speak mm. it into existence and then it comes back in. It's like a big circle. And, it yeah. goes in and so you're like raising your vibration with gratitude. It's gorgeous. So we'd go around the room, we'd say five things that we're grateful for. That's one thing. My breathing techniques. I had a doctor teach me this one time where it's just you plug one nostril, inhale. That's what I do. And then exhale and mm-hmm. then go back and do that. Um, yeah, it's kind of like choking yourself out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, if you just clog yeah. one nostril and you just, you you realize you're more anxious about figuring out how to breathe than you are about the panic attack that you're it's with. It's about relocating your anxiety. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Works for me every time. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have like a few different breathing techniques that I do. Like count, I do a lot of like finger pressure and yeah. I'm constantly doing this a lot. I got into the tapping. Like literally I'll just start tapping, doing the mm-hmm. around my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone's always like, what are you doing? I'm like, guys, I feel the anxiety coming on. Yeah. And I just start tapping all these <laughs> yep. different points on my face. But it just, yeah. it kind of like, I don't know, it like recirculates the nervous system. Yeah. And then this one's a weird one, but I'm into it. it's helpful. I put on Law & Order SVU in the background. Oh yeah. And there's just something about that noise that white noise mm-hmm. of law and order svu that i just chill out i love that like it reminds me of a lazy sunday it reminds me of a whatever like no you're not in the green room getting ready and like super anxious it's right. like you're home doing laundry with svu in the background like i don't know what it is but Hearing when party i put girls on being like, we saw nothing yeah <laughs> Mine's mine's up. People are always like, what do you do before a show? I'm like, it is so fucking grandma. I listen to a very specific playlist called Cocktail Jazz on Spotify. And it makes me feel like I'm at the at the Carlisle Hotel in New yeah. York at the Bemelman's Bar. Like you said, not about to do a show. I'm relaxing. It's my night off. Mm-hmm. I'm with my husband. I'm having a nice burger and a dirty martini. That mm-hmm. is what I listen to. Yeah. I don't. And then like 20 minutes before the show or if I'm feeling good and I'm doing my makeup, I'll put on like my hype playlist. But it's like, that's your SVU is my mm-hmm. cocktail chance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then my one last tip, this is for like when I have anxiety leading up to something, okay. whether it's going on the road, you're filming something, mm-hmm. you have a big meeting or whatever it is. Like if I know I'm going on the road on the 26th of the month, right? By the first, I'm already anxious about it. Yeah. I'm already thinking about it. I started doing this thing where I would tell myself, I'm going to allow you to feel anxious, just not yet. Mm. I'm going to allow you, if you're leaving on the 26th, by the 23rd, I'm going to let you start feeling anxious. So don't worry. I'm not going to rob this feeling from you, anxiety. I'm going to let you come. 
I'm going to let you do whatever you do and work through my body. I'm going to let you do it, but not yet. Interesting. And I would bring it into check because I would, otherwise I have anxiety the whole month. So once I told myself like, oh no, there's a time and a place and I'm going to get it. It's almost like telling a kid like, okay, I'm going to give this to you, but after you right. clean your room, after you blah, blah, blah. No, I'm going to give you that time to get anxious and go through the motions and do whatever you got to do. Just not yet. I like and that. that helped me. It's like bargaining. You're bargaining yeah. with yourself. Yeah. A lot of self-talk. A lot of self-talk. A lot of self-talk. That For me, it was so like when I would get anxious, it was wild because I've always felt like I've been pretty level-headed and for it to be a physical, mine was such a physical anxiety. I'd be like, why am I able to think clear? But my, I feel like my heart is racing. Uh -huh. I feel like I'm going to be sick. My throat, my throat is closing, yeah. you know, and then I'm over here in the corner in front of the mirror, just <laughs> like clogging up my nose. And my husband's like, well, you're about to black out. Like mine was always such a physical manifestation for me. Like right before a show, I do like a really nice physical warm up. I am in these glitter suits. I am doing jumping jacks backstage. Like I actually have to like move yeah. the energy through my body. And then I get super tired. Like I will, you know, I'll be in the wing at a show and the security guard's like, are you, do you want to do this? I'm like, no, 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 this is what I do. I look so sleepy and mm -hmm. tired and yawny yep. right before I am about to go out and perform for people. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's like yep. my body just shuts down and yep. it's like, all right, now it's go time. Same. Yeah. Same. I used to put a pillow and a blanket on my rider. Yeah. Because I would get tired. So I'm like, I just need to lay down. And then yeah. I started realizing it was like a, like a nervous tick, like an anxiety tick. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm not actually tired. It's just when I get anxiety, I, the sleepies come, right? Deep and I would, get, I would get cold. So I was like, always put a blanket there because I wasn't doing jumpy jacks uh -huh. in, in the room. So I would always put like a blanket in. A, that was in the beginning of my career when I was super anxious and nervous about things. But um, yeah, I, I get that. Getting sleepy. Real quick. Uh -huh. So we... Actually, have a surprise. For you guys. Oh, we got a surprise. A surprise. I feel nervous. Hold on. I have a weird feeling. I know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hello, girls. Can you hear me? Bitch. Oh. Hi. Hello. Hello. It's Emily. I'm live, listening to you both right now from Boston. Do you love us? Oh, oh Emily, we love I you. Love you Are you in love? I had to call in because I know there's no voicemails, but I had to give a absolutely yes and a not. But I'll be nice first. Okay. Great. Um, okay, so the absolutely yes is obviously to both of you letting me be on your team as I think the youngest <laughs> member of both of your teams. Sure is. <laughs> Young and youthful. We <laughs> hate you, Emily. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> it's a great thing. And, you know, for you millennials can be hard. But I wanted to <laughs> give a shout out because you two specifically have gone out of your way to give me a presence on your team. And in this industry, it can be really Aww. hard for when you're the youngest at the table, you know, to find a voice or get an opinion out there. And you both empower me and are always like, no, I want to hear Emily's take. Or mm -hmm. Let her talk. So Emily, honestly, the only one I trust. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so that's my absolute yes. Oh. Now, my absolutely not mm -hmm. in regards to both of your Instagram I hate stories. You. Oh my God. Both of you struggle with two things, which are one, the fonts. I hate you. Heather, you like your 3D like black, gray, white, slanted oh, yeah. font. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, know. That, yeah. It's, so it pops so my other elder millennials can read yeah. it, Emily. <laughs> yes, okay. It's giving 3D. And Angela, you know that you like the Comic Sans. You've addressed that. Yeah, I my like second, it. It's legible. It's legible. <laughs> We're surviving, okay. Emily. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, okay. Now my second thing is, why do you both, when you have a picture that you're going to upload, feel like you need to like, 
shrink it a little, maybe give it a little twist with a little drop to the side. Like you I did do that sometimes. Upload it. What do you mean? You can't just. Oh, I have evidence both of both like of in you your doing stories. It, you you swipe up and you put the picture, but then you like squeeze it to make it smaller and like type something oh, on the side. Yeah. Like maybe you can't just or you like let it fill the whole screen. Oh yeah, because I'll tell you why. Because sometimes yeah. if I'm wearing like a colorful outfit and then yeah. you try and put the, the uh-huh. font over yeah. it, you can't read it. Yeah, and sometimes <laughs> in the background you can see that there's a messy house <laughs> and I don't want you to see it. So I zoomed in, please. You know what? It, All right. Emily, we love you, but I just feel like you're also coming for us right now and we're very upset about it. You know, I had to start off nights. I gave you my absolute yes. Yep. I praised you for being amazing you. team leaders, but I, I did have team to leaders. as a Gen Z and me give you a little, you know, a little tip of maybe let's fill the screen. Let's go for that you know, straight, no background font. Listen, and, um, I appreciate it. I appreciate all your wisdom yeah, and we do. all your opinion that you give it. I really, I do rely on your opinion a lot. I'm so grateful for you. And my favorite is when like, I'm going to post something and I'll be like, Emily, what do you think my caption should be? Mm-hmm. And then she'll tie about this like beautiful caption. And I'd be like, nah, let's just say this. <laughs> Literally, my response is always chicken tinnies in the in the club. And she's like, I, this is so embarrassing. I was like, but my audience knows I mean, chicken tinnies in the club. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, Emily, listen, we love you. Um, love. I'm so glad that you're on the team, too. I'm so glad that you brought us together. Yeah. And you know what? Cheers to bad bitches getting stuff done. Yes. Heck yes. OK, I love you both. Love, love you, too. you. Bye, honey. I love her and I say I hate you to her like 10 times a day. I do too. She's fired. She absolutely. Emily, if you heard this here first, (laughs) absolutely fired. Just drug me on my own podcast. Let me tell you, I can't tell you how many times I text her you're fired. Like regularly, I text her that. She's like, are you going to fire me again? And I'm like, yes, you're fired. You are already fired. Yeah. She's so funny. Like I tell her at least once a day, I'm like, oh my God, she'll send me a photo. And it was very hard for me to like relinquish control because I, Instagram is where I thrive but now yeah. I like feel archaic on the TikToks yeah, being yeah. like well how do I get this in the algorithm yeah. right and she's like well, just let me do it but every day I was we were going through Emmy's photos today and it's so nice to be able to be like Emily you you find it and post uh-huh, it because uh-huh. I that's an, again the yeah. mental loads too much yes and every day I text her I go Emily you're not going to understand this but I'm I'm you know I'm in my late 30s I was like I got to get this neck done she's yeah. like no it looks fine I'm like no 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 Emily we got to get the neck done and today she didn't argue with me she was like yeah okay it's in the future <laughs> I love her though. She keeps me young and youthful. Yeah. She sent me an entire PowerPoint presentation on the things that I needed to buy to to stay cool. Wow. She did not. So she's fired. Well, here's the thing. (laughs) I did ask for it, but you're already cool right now. Like you're cool. You've already got the matching sweats and the cool shoes. Like you're, you know what I mean? You already. Thank you. I thought I was cool until I met Emily. Yeah. yeah. And then she'll knock you down real quick and she'll be like, "Mm." oh my God. First of all, I speak gif really well. Like Uh, if we're going to text each other. Well, first of all, we need to be gift friends yeah. because she told me when she told me that we couldn't gift, yeah. I just started doubling down on the gifts. Yeah. yeah. I was so mad. Mm-hmm. I was, well, at first I tried to abide by it. I was like, I would like, it was like biting my tongue. I really want to send this gift. I'm like, nah, Emily's in the chat. I'm not yeah. going to send it. <laughs> I, I like, I want to be cool. I want to abide by the cool rules. And then I was like, you know what? Rebellion. Let's just, and now it's just gifts all day. When she started sending me links to like iTunes links to songs on how to feel. She's like, no, we don't send gifts. We send links to songs. I said, that's too two much steps. work. No, no. 
No. No, I want to be able to see Larry David uh-huh. like going like, yeah. really? Yeah. And that's how, that's yeah. the response. Yeah, yeah, Period. Yeah. I sing yeah. Cat Williams, Larry David, like just kind of confused that, that lady who's confused with like, yeah. you know, all the numbers and letters around her head. I send that one all the time. I send all the random screenshots from TikToks that you've never actually seen the TikTok. Yeah. You just know the guy's face that goes yeah. like this. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. You know what? We got, I, I always say this. Stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm good at. <laughs> you know what you're good at. Yeah. She can help us stay cool online. But yeah. you know what? I'm going to stay yeah. in my lane. Bye. I'm a gift hard. Angela, I love and adore you. I'm not going to keep you any longer. But I just want to say it's so nice to meet other really phenomenal. Obviously, you're so talented. We're really kind and wonderful people in the Thank biz. And I am so rooting for you. And I adore you. And I really think we should pitch something together and get love. in some 10-year development deal. But like long enough for us to have a couple more kids or whatever we want to yeah. do. And then yeah. we like shoot this when we're 50. You know? Oh my gosh. Yes and yes. And also Law and Order SVU, the two girls walking out of the club who find the dead body. <laughs> right we are here. here. We're ready. <laughs> Tell everybody where they can find you and anything you want to promote your new tour dates and everything. Yes. Yeah, so you can find my tour dates on my website, Angela.com. That's A-N-J-E-L-A-H.com. My new special is called Say I Won't. It's on YouTube right now. Self-produced, self-financed. Yes. Uh, you can check it on YouTube. And then, yeah, I'm on all the socials, Instagram, TikTok, everything. So come it. find me. We love it. Thanks for being here. Love You're the you. best. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Heather K. McMahon. See you guys soon. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.